Sherm Chester, along with Roger Brown today on the Seaco Sports Forum podcast. Roger from the Union Leader and NewHampshireFootballReport.com. And we'll also be talking about the other website, New Hampshire Hardball. Uh, but let's start off with football, Roger. We wrapped up the football season for the UNH Wildcats. It didn't go the way we were hoping to Frisco, Texas for the FCS championship. But, hey, they played a good season and uh, they put up a good fight and uh, Holy Cross got their number. So uh, tell me what, what you can about that game, and then uh, well, we'll talk about the future for the Wildcats. Just look at the box score. You know, it wasn't UNH's best game against Holy Cross. Uh, turnovers, I think they had four. Uh, had a hard time hanging on to the ball. Had a block punt, and uh, they were in it at halftime. Then the defense just had trouble in the second half. Holy Cross scored on its first four possessions. So, you know, they kind of ended the year with one of their worst efforts um, in terms of execution. But I think on, you know, when you look at the big picture, I, I don't know how anybody can't be anything but pleased with their season. Mm -hmm. You know, they totally turned it around from a year ago, uh, made the playoffs. That's always a goal you know, co-champs in the conference, uh, basically got the train back on the tracks, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, another important thing is I think they, they've energized the fan base and, you know, UNH football fans should be, and I think they are looking forward to next year already. The, the new vibe, if you want to call it that, uh, uh, under coach Rick Santos, I, I think it's going to encourage more players to come to UNH, let's let's look at the team as is, and and what is left for next year. What's coming back next year? Oh, they got a lot coming back. You know, they'll be. I think they got uh, majority of their offensive line. Quarterback is back. Uh, perhaps the best running back in the conference and one of the best at the FCF FCS level. And Dylan Lobby, he returns. Now, I should, before I go any further, eligible to return because we all know the transfer portal has changed things and who right. knows who's going to enter that. Mm. Uh, you know, and then on defense, they've got to replace some secondary and, you know, defensive line, I think, is uh, defensive tackle specifically, Nico Kovekis leaving. So they have some holes to fill, but every year you do, and really uh, they're – majority of their starters are back on both sides of the ball. So again, it's just a matter of plugging a few holes and, you know, as to what you were saying in terms of bringing people in, everybody wants to be part of a winner. So I think this season will help in terms of recruiting mm -hmm. uh, freshmen, but also if you have to go into the transfer portal and plug a few holes, you know, a, a playoff uh, appearance looks pretty appealing if I'm a player you know, looking to transfer. When I look at what they have coming back, you got to assume they'll, they'll have a chance. You know, you never know how things are going to go, but they should be in the hunt for a playoff berth next year too. The transfer portal you bring up, it's a two-way situation. Guys from the Wildcats can, you know, jump on and, and see if anybody out there is interested in taking them on. Have you heard of anybody entering the portal? Yeah, they, they've, uh, one of their backup quarterbacks, Brody McAndrew, who played, uh, a few games last two seasons ago, I should say, uh, he's entered the portal as of this moment. He's the only one I know of, but you know, those things change in a moment's notice. So 
but as of right now, he was the only one. You know, they have a they have Max Brosmer coming back. Mm-hmm. They have a you know their depth at quarterback is pretty good with uh, Barry Klein Peter. So you know maybe Brody just didn't see a path to playing time anytime soon and just figured he would you know try and find a spot where he could get on the field a little sooner. What about the kids from New Hampshire that uh, are on the team now? Uh, I know I'm thinking of Strickland and a few others. Uh, do you see them being a factor for the future Wildcat teams? Well, you, you'd think so. You know, I think Peyton Strickland is just a matter of him being healthy. They also have Colby Ramshaw from Londonderry, who, you know, right. as a receiver, uh, participated a little bit this year. I think he'll be a factor. But they have a lot of New Hampshire kids. I think that's one thing people don't realize. They have a lot of, you know, Ryan Toscano was a starter on defense and Joe Eichmann from Merrimack. He was a starter, but they have a lot of New Hampshire kids who, you know, had smaller roles, but still, you know, significant roles on the team this year. If you look at your, their roster, you'll see, you know, a lot of homegrown talent there. Be interesting to see what they bring in this year from New Hampshire, you know, what's out there. And before we get off of football, uh, any notes uh, from the New Hampshire football report that you want to pass along about any teams here in, in the state of New Hampshire other than the Wildcats, uh, any of the college teams and or the, the schoolboy teams? Postseason, look, you know, we, we had the the Chad uh, All-Star meeting Thursday night. So uh, those players should be informed if they made it or not this week. Ryan Francor, the Winnicott coach, is one of the assistant coaches on the East staff, which is where all the Seacoast players go. And, I, you know, I was at the meeting, so I don't want to reveal any names because I don't know who's been uh, mm, told yet or not. But I can tell you that, you know, the Seacoast will certainly be represented, you know, well in the game. Did they get the dates and, and the location all set up yet, or is that still in play? The date, I believe, is June 23rd, which is a Friday night at St. Anselm College. Okay, so that is firmed up. Okay, um, yeah, that's always a fun game. I wish I wish we could get a bag of UNH, but uh, just the fact that they get the game going and it's for a great cause, uh, Children's Hospital at Dartmouth, and uh, in our next show we'll reveal the Seacoast talent that'll be on that team or playing in that game coming up in yep. June. The the transfer portal we brought up, which is the equivalent of the waiver wire in other sports in particular baseball. I want to transition. We've, I know we've got the New Hampshire hardball and you're, you're getting ready to fire that up. I mean, it's hard to believe we haven't hit Christmas yet, but <laughs> people are getting in the, in the, the hot stove mentality for, about baseball, major league baseball. They held their winter meetings out in San Diego. The names were flying around the big name, obviously judge from the Yankees. He was a, out there searching for a new team and uh, the giants allegedly were going to pay him the moon and stars to get him. But guess what? He went back to the Yankees. Padres made a big offer to him too as well. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of money on the table and he decided to stay with the Yankees for nine years and, and uh, over 300 mil. And uh, <laughs> the surprise locally, obviously was, uh, it was announced last night. Xander Bogarts is now going to be part of those San Diego Padres he signs for an 11-year contract, $280 million with the Padres. And I guess from what I read from the Boston Globe, uh, the GM of the Red Sox, Heim Bloom, was shocked as he was boarding his plane in San Diego heading back to Boston that Xander hadn't uh, let them have one more shot at, at trying to sign him. 
But I guess the other part that we've heard is that the Red Sox really lowballed him. I guess 190 million was as much as they were going to come up with. So uh, 90 million bucks made the difference. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, I mean, it's not not a hard decision. I, I read there were three or four more teams in between the Padres and Red Sox too. So, yeah, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, you you kind of kind of be disappointed in your your front office, I think, in that regard. And I certainly wasn't surprised to see him go. I mean, they had every opportunity to sign him earlier in the year, and I thought the writing was kind of on the wall there. It makes me wonder if they're going to be serious about signing Rafi Devers next year or this year uh, to a, an extension and or a, a long-term contract because uh, I know they went out and got a, a closer, Kenley Jansen. We we know him as formerly of the Dodgers. Last year he was with the Atlanta Braves, and now he's with the Red Sox for two years, which, uh, of course, started the, um, the press saying, well, what happens to Tanner Houck? Is he going to be a reliever or what? And probably the answer to that is obviously no, and he's going to be in the, I would say, a long man in the bullpen, which seems to be the new, the way baseball goes now. You have the starter that goes four or five innings, and then you got the middle relief guy, and then the closer. So I think Tanner is going to be in that mid-relief uh, position. But the other acquisition, this was the interesting one, five years and $90 million for and I hope I get this right. Matsuzaka Yoshida, who is uh, a, a Japanese outfielder. I guess he's uh, terrific with the bat, can haul on the bases. So uh, 590 seemed like a bargain for them to stick him in center field. One other one I just want to bring up. This is the one I like. This is the one deal I like. 20 million bucks, one year, Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers. He knows he's on the back nine. He's getting a good hunk of change, 20 million bucks, one season, and then he's open market again if he wants to try and go another year. I like that. I don't like these 11-year, 9-year, you know, 15-year contracts for mega bucks that you know they're never going to fulfill. Carlos Correa is still out there, and uh, I guess everybody is, is trying to go after him, uh, the Cubs, uh, the Giants, the Giants – what was funny is they had a lot of money they wanted to spend, and Judge was their big target, and that didn't happen. Um, now, what about the state of New Hampshire? What, what do you hear? Uh, what's going on with hardball in the state of New Hampshire? Any news there? Well, just a little early, but once football is over, I get the, the New Hampshire hardball site going because uh, it's hard to believe, but New Hampshire college baseball starts in February. You know, there's always stuff to put on the site. It kind of gets neglected a little bit during the football season because football just takes all the attention. So the last week or so, you know, I'm trying to trying to get info on the hardball site and we'll, we'll have regular content on there moving forward. I know a lot of people aren't taking baseball yet, but it'll be here soon. So let's make sure everybody knows you, again, we have, you have two separate websites, the football and yep. baseball. Why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with both uh, on the web. And uh, also they have special content that you can get if you subscribe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the football, you know, New Hampshire football report is uh, just New Hampshire football report.com. And then there's New Hampshire hardball, which is, you know, anything to do with New Hampshire baseball, you know, high school, American Legion, New Hampshire players in college pros, Sam full GM, you know, what have you, mm -hmm. anything related to New Hampshire. And that's nhhardball.com. And they're both free sites, but I do put, uh, 
it's kind of like the old ESPN model, some extra content on there mm-hmm. for subscribers who want to help, um, you know, uh, promote baseball and, and support the site. So there's plenty of free stuff. And if you're, if you're a big baseball fan and you want to help, you know, certainly not expensive, uh, to be an extra subscriber, but it helps, uh, it helps keep the sites afloat. Back to the baseball. Just curious. Have, have, when you, when you look at what you saw or, or what's happened, are you surprised by the money that's getting thrown around? Yeah, kinda. I wish it wasn't that way to be honest with you, Sharon, because I, you know, you know, I, I know it doesn't all come from ticket prices. It's TV revenue and stuff, but it's awful expensive to go to a baseball game. You know, as you know, I'm sure everybody knows. I don't mind ponying up a lot of money to go to, say, let's say, a Patriots game or an NFL game because there's so few of them. But to me, baseball is out of whack, you know, with so many home games. And not that long ago, but uh, I guess it was like 20 years ago, the prices have gone up, relatively speaking, compared to other sports. seems to me like it's totally out of whack. Yeah, you, if you're going to spend big bucks on a guy uh, – Rarely, rarely are they still top performers by the end of the contract, but that's what you're forced to do. You think about these young kids and the ones you deal with, you know, in the college ranks and in and, and high school level, you know, they get this warped sense that, hey, big payday, you know, bingo, let's hit that mega, mega number. You know, it's, it, they lose the focus that you play the game for the fun of it. If you're a superb talent, yeah, probably you'll, you'll get compensated down the line. But the majority of them are just trying to, you know, have fun, play the sport. They, they get that warped sense that it's out there for everybody. Yeah, just like at the college level, you know, people, parents that I deal with seem to think like college baseball is equivalent to college football, where there's all these scholarships and there's really not. Right. You know, uh, you get 11.7 at the top levels of college baseball, but most schools have far fewer and you're just getting a little piece of a scholarship. So it's not like no matter how good you are in high school, you're going to get a full scholarship. Very few do. Um, Mm. I think it's something a lot of parents don't understand. And they pour a lot of money into baseball, you know, with these travel teams and whatnot. And it's hard to recoup that money, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, false uh, sense out there that, you know, every kid will be a, a millionaire if he or she, you know, is a, is a superstar. And, and, and they're few and far between. That's the problem sure. you talked about. We're going to be heading into the winter sports season. Uh, basketball season gets underway uh, next week. Uh, well, actually, for the for the, some of the divisions, it's actually underway. But the Division One teams they kick off next week. Um, I know the uh, Blue Hawk boys team uh, here in Exeter is always a, a contender, and I guess from what I've heard, uh, they've reloaded again this year. So it should be a fun season, taking on all the all the big guns. We start the season off against Londonderry, and they're always a challenge. Uh, the girls team, you brought this up uh, in our last meeting with the. Uh, Sam Bruno, the, the, the girls team at Exeter has a new head coach, uh, Sam Woolbolt. Uh, as uh, Sam is the new head coach for the Exeter Bluehawk girls, and uh, Amanda Swazinski will be the, the uh, assistant coach. The girls start with Londonderry too, Sherm. They must be yeah. on the road. Uh, yeah, they'll be on the road. And, and, and again, this is a, a normal season this year in the sense that they're playing two games a week as opposed to three games a week. The only exception would be obviously if weather throws us a, a curveball and they have to 
stick a game here or there to fill in fill the void but uh yeah hopefully it, it's a regular two game a week season and uh we shall see how how mother nature <laughs> co cooperates i hope with us this this winter one other thing i wanted to bring up as far as basketball is concerned as we record this uh, the big breaking news Brittany griner the the wnba basketball star who's been held prisoner in russia was released but we still have one fellow over there uh, that's, that's being held prisoner, supposedly as a uh, for espionage. Uh, to be honest, sure, I'm not up to speed on it. I did hear she's coming back. Uh, I really don't have much to say because I, I it's not a story I follow closely. Just don't break the law when you're in another country. Don't break it here, but particularly in another country, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, that yeah. you know when you go into a foreign country, you better know their laws and and and. Just stick to it. Otherwise, you will be in a world of hurt. She was a celebrity, so she obviously got some push to get get the people to help her come back. They had to trade out a uh, terrorist, give a terrorist back to the Russians. Different type of basketball trade, huh? Yeah, different type of basketball trade for sure. Not one that you. Uh, I, I hope that that uh, she's learned her lesson and and uh, you know is contrite about it and and tries to educate people about what she went through but also how to prevent it happening to them if they go into a foreign country you know play by the rules same if here in the u.s you brought it up if you're in the u.s you play by the rules of the state and the rules of the country you know you can't make them up as you go along anything for the two-minute drill sir a shout out to uh uh the, the queen city invitational basketball tournament which is a christmas tournament at manchester memorial that exeter participates every in every year you know, when I was growing up, which is a long time ago, we always had these great Christmas tournaments, brought in teams from out of state. Everybody wanted to go. Not so much anymore. You know, they a lot of teams just bring in local other schools, local schools and scrimmages to straighten some things out before the meet of the schedule starts. But this one's still a pretty good one. It's all New Hampshire talent, but uh, I have the schedule here, Sherm. It's... Uh, it's at Manchester Memorial, as I mentioned, eight teams. The opening night schedule is Bow versus Salem, followed by Exeter versus Bedford, which should be a terrific game. Two very good teams. The other half of the bracket is all Manchester teams. It's Manchester Central versus Trinity. Uh, Trinity won it last year in D1. Then we have Manchester West versus Memorial. So, uh, you know, they, they work it out. So, uh, you know, there's a championship game it'll be one of the non-manchester teams against the manchester team and i would say the winner of that exeter bedford game would have a good chance to to not just get to the championship but have a good chance to win it but you know if you're looking for some local basketball that, that's a good tournament to go see great tune up and uh, like you just said they'll see a lot of great basketball a lot of kids getting them getting it ready for the the season starts but on the other hand, it really starts after New Year's. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. You almost wish they could start with these tournaments because yeah, you got to iron agree. some things out and figure out your player player rotation and whatnot. But it's always been weird because they start with a couple of games and they pause for, you know, they have these tournaments and Christmas break. And it's almost seems like you don't really get going until January for real, you know, even though you've played a couple of games that count prior to that or, or in like you mentioned earlier, in some cases, the lower divisions, they play more than a couple games before Christmas. We're very fortunate in the Seacoast to have a, a very competitive group of teams. And uh, 
looking forward to, like I say, the season kicks off at Londonderry and then uh, moves on from there and, and then on to the uh, Queen City. And that's always a lot of fun. And uh, Jeff Holmes, I, I, I ask him every year, how many years is this, Jeff? And it's 20 plus now. He's still one of the best shooters I've ever seen. Don't get into a game of horse against him. That would be my advice. Uh, I'll tell you, he's he's a good guy. And, and again, that uh, Kevin Walker is a JV coach. Uh, he's got a good thing going, a good program going. So I'm looking forward to some great basketball for both the boys and the girls here in the Seacoast coming up soon. I think uh, that'll do it. We'll wrap up on that note. And I just want to remind you, if you're enjoying the Seacoast Sports Forum podcast, please pass the word. Let people know we're out there on all the major platforms. And also, you can catch us on YouTube, our televised version, and also Facebook. If you're on there, subscribe and give us a like. We really appreciate that as well. So, until next time, on behalf of Roger Brown from the Union Leader, NewHampshireFootballReport.com, and NewHampshireHardball.com, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum. <laughs>